0: Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Olivia de Bercier. And I'm Sophia Osborne. And if you want to support the show, please check out our merch store at etsy.com slash shop slash beyondblathers to see all the stickers and postcards we have for sale. And you can also join our Patreon to receive a monthly sticker and print in the mail. So today I wanted to talk about
1: an animal that is not really fully in Animal Crossing, but which I'm just really curious about, and that's the ground squirrel. There are actually squirrels in Animal Crossing, they just look more to me like tree squirrels than ground squirrels, but then also, as we will learn in this episode, the definition of a ground squirrel is just that they live on the ground, and these squirrels in Animal Crossing... Their houses are on the ground, so maybe they are ground squirrels. So I'm just going to call them ground squirrels. Fair enough. (laughs) But yeah, if you listen to our summer catch-up episode, you might know that I was in Banff, Alberta in July for a writing residency. And while I was there, I saw a lot of ground squirrels. And I hadn't really seen them before. I live in Vancouver, so I've seen a lot of tree squirrels, but not really the ground squirrels. And they just stole my heart. Like, there were baby ground squirrels everywhere, and it was really, really adorable. So I wanted to find out more about these little guys, and also I was just thinking, you know, basic questions like what's the difference between a ground squirrel and like a marmot or a prairie dog or a gopher? Are are they different? I, I don't really know. I'm not really up on my taxonomy. So I thought that that's kind of what we could get into today. And then I also found out what ground squirrel
0: I saw in Banff so we can talk about that species specifically yeah i I love ground squirrels. I think they're so interesting, and I'm excited to hear about what you're going to talk about today. But, yeah, people are so confused about ground squirrel naming and 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 you know, it's not their fault. Like the common names or the English names for ground squirrels vary wildly depending on where you go. And in one place, the name could refer to a ground squirrel. and in another place, it could be more like a marmot or something along those lines. So it's very confusing. so. Yeah, excited to to get into that. Yeah,
1: definitely. I was like, is there one thing that's a ground squirrel and then there's other things, or what how do these categories work? <laughs> so I thought first let's talk about that. Yeah, so the term ground squirrel is actually kind of confusing and it and very broad, and it technically could refer to any squirrel living on the ground. So this may include chipmunks, marmots, and prairie dogs, among others. But generally, we don't call chipmunks ground squirrels. So it's basically a general term that refers to medium-sized ground squirrels that are like a size between a marmot and a chipmunk. So there's sort of this sweet spot that we actually call the ground squirrel. But you might hear people call prairie dogs ground squirrels or things like that. So it's basically a weird category.
0: Yeah, so I guess be flexible. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know. We understand that, like, depending on where you live, those names might differ. But and maybe you do call chipmunks ground squirrels. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's basically like, is it a squirrel? Is it living on the ground? Ground squirrel?
0: Yeah. So let's back up and talk about what a squirrel is exactly. What is the scientific definition?
1: Yeah, so the squirrel family is called the Sciuridae, and it includes ground squirrels, tree squirrels, and flying squirrels. Squirrels are divided into five subfamilies, and there are actually over 280 different species of squirrel, which I didn't know. I kind of, I feel like I just grew up with like, that's a squirrel, but they're, (laughs) yeah, they... Can really range in size from little pygmy squirrels that can be under five inches long to the huge Bhutan flying squirrel, which can be over four feet long. And yeah, if you haven't seen a picture of the Bhutan flying squirrel, you have to look it up because they look more like monkeys to me than they do squirrels. Oh yeah, They're huge and very cool. And then, of course, marmots are pretty big too. They can weigh over 20 pounds, which makes them the heaviest squirrels. And as we just said, marmots are technically ground squirrels. So basically,
0: ground squirrels win, (laughs) maybe. And it's worth mentioning that these are rodents, right? So they can get big.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, squirrels can also be found in almost any type of habitat from tropical rainforests to the Arctic to deserts. And as you can see, the squirrel family is a diverse one. It's hard to generalize, but they're usually slender and have a bushy tail. Also, their hind legs are usually longer than their forelegs, and they all have four or five toes on each foot. So I thought I would just throw that in because that's kind of, I guess, the more taxonomical definition of what makes things a squirrel. But again, I always just feel like that's not a lot to go on. I don't know how scientists do that, that categorization,
0: but good for them. That's a squirrel. (laughs) I guess like it's kind of funny because they do, they all do look like squirrels when you see them. I mean, yeah, some of them look like monkeys, but like... You know, it's kind of a larger bodied rodent, typically that, I don't know, it just looks squirrely. And of course, there's all those genetic markers, too. Yeah. So do you know what type of ground squirrel it was that you saw in Banff?
1: Yeah. So in doing the research for this episode, I realized it was the Colombian ground squirrel. So I thought we would take a bit of time to talk about them as kind of an example of a a classic ground squirrel. Their species name is Eurocetellus columbianus. And they're one of the largest members of their genus at 30 to 40 centimeters or 12 to 16 inches in length. They're really cute. As I said, I saw them described as having a sturdy, robust build, which feels accurate and also adorable. They have very soft looking fur that is kind of different colors across their bodies. Their backs have darker kind of gray brown fur and then their bellies are like cinnamon color. And then they have this pretty distinctive sort of rust-colored dash of color across their nose. They're
0: really cute. They're so cute.
1: The Colombian ground squirrel is found in western North America, including the Canadian Rockies, which is where I was, and into Montana, Idaho, and Washington State. They are found in open alpine meadows, dry grasslands, and brushy areas, and they make these really intricate burrows. I saw like a map of kind of a typical one, and there's like multiple entrances in the nest, and yeah, it's, it's really cool. So I guess that made me realize that when I was on campus at this residency and I was seeing these ground squirrel burrow openings everywhere, like, wow, there's probably such an intricate tunnel system under my feet that I didn't know about, <laughs> which is very cool. But yeah, speaking of those nests, one thing I really admire about the Colombian ground squirrel is they can hibernate for like seven to nine months of the year so they can be spending like over 70% of their life hibernating
0: wow that's kind of amazing
1: it's really amazing and it made me realize like I was very lucky to be there at a
0: time when they were active and out because most of the time they're not I guess that does make sense if they're living in an alpine habitat that winter is going to be longer food is going to be more scarce for a longer longer period of time so yeah that's really interesting
1: Yeah, and the amount of time they spend hibernating depends on their age, sex, and the elevation that they live at. The males emerge first, and then females emerge about a week later, and then yearlings, and then juveniles. And the active season is shorter at higher elevations than at lower elevations. And actually, how deep underground they hibernate also depends on their age and sex. So they'll start hibernation when the soil in their burrow... Or hibernaculum is the warmest, which can be as early as July. And also, side note, isn't hibernaculum the cutest word ever? And I'm going to start calling my bed my hibernaculum.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, snakes also have a hibernaculum, like garter snakes. It's really cute. It's like their little underground burrow where they all gather together and have a big cuddle puddle.
1: Yeah, I think it's a general word. I just hadn't
0: heard it before. And now I'm like, wow, I'm obsessed with that. It's so cute. I love saying it. What do they do once they emerge?
1: Yeah, so the reason the males emerge first is thought to be because they have to regrow their testes, which are known to shrink during hibernation in other species of ground squirrels. So they think that's the same for the Colombian
0: ground squirrel. You say that so casually. <laughs> that seems like <laughs> a big deal. That's like a deer regrowing their antlers. <laughs> it's like a... I know. It's crazy.
1: I guess they're just shrunk. I don't think they're like completely gone, but I'm not sure. That's really funny. It seems like the main things they need to accomplish during their short time above ground are breeding and eating. Most of their diet is made up of grasses and plant parts like stems, leaves, bulbs, fruits, and seeds. And sometimes they will eat birds, insects, and other small animals. But before the females emerge, the males kind of duke it out with each other. And the successful males will mate with the females pretty much as soon as the females emerge. After mating, gestation lasts 24 days, and then the females will have a litter of 2-7 to young in May to late June. So when the pups are born, they're naked, blind, and toothless. But they grow quickly, and by day 12, they are covered in hair. And then around day 17, their eyes will start to open. And then they start emerging into the sunlight outside their den around day 21. And after four weeks, they're able to leave the nest altogether. So I think this must have been around when I was there in Banff. But yeah, this is an important time for the pups because the newborns only really have a short period of time to get ready to survive that entire hibernation. (laughs) So they're basically just like feeding from their mother's milk the whole time and just trying to fatten up. (laughs) That's why
0: they're so desperate for people to feed them in Banff.
1: Yeah, they're so like so
0: friendly, which we will talk about in a bit.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. But when you see Colombian ground squirrels out of their burrows, they're usually standing up at attention like on their on their back legs. And it's really cute. And apparently research shows that they spend 50% of their time standing up like that, which is a lot. They have like an intricate l- language of squeaks and stuff to to alert the other squirrels about predators and things like that. But I don't know. They just seem really curious to me. That's probably personifying them. But, you
0: know. <laughs> I mean, they are, I think, curious is fair. Like, they're very inquisitive kind of animals. They're checking out their environment all the time. So I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, they want to know what's going on.
0: And can you tell us a little bit about their social dynamic, like, because they're living in these big colonies. So what's going on there?
1: Yeah, they do live in colonies. I was trying to figure out like how many are in these colonies. But it seems like it ranges quite a bit in terms of like the density of them. Depending different elevations and areas. But the females usually stay with the colony they're born into. While the males will leave their birth colony and join other colonies. And just a really random cute social thing is that when the ground squirrels kind of interact or like when they encounter each other they touch their mouths and noses together and it looks like kissing and it's really cute oh, I love that it's very cuddly but yeah sometimes when I was there they would come up to me and I really wanted to let a baby ground squirrel crawl up my leg but one thing that I did know about ground squirrels ahead of time is that they can carry bubonic plague So I did want to kind of look into that for this episode as well.
0: Yeah, I remember learning about that in my like wildlife biology course early in my degree. And that was like one of the things that really stuck with me. I was like, oh, I've fed a lot of ground squirrels in my life, which, you know, in Banff, you're not supposed to do, by the way, in any park. You're really not supposed to feed them, but... No. Yeah. And so can you tell us a bit about that really, I don't know whether to call it a fun fact or something a bit disturbing, but that fact. (laughs) A dark fact. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So as listeners probably know, the plague is a highly infectious bacterial infection that mainly affects rodents. So basically ground squirrels are rodents, but it can spread to humans, of course, as we learned during the Black Death in the 14th century. The plague can be transmitted to humans by fleas who will leave sick or dead rodents to find a new host, which could be you or your pet. But it can also be transmitted through direct contact with a sick animal. So I was reading some prevention strategies for avoiding the plague, like not camping or sleeping near rodent burrows. That definitely made me think back on like when I was in Banff, I went swimming and we definitely put our Put our stuff, like, by uh, burrows. It's hard to avoid them, but it said not to even rest near burrows. And they do. They come up really close to you,
0: but... Yeah, that's hard advice to follow. Like, burrows are kind of everywhere.
1: They're everywhere, yeah. They also said you should not feed rodents, as Olivia mentioned. And also wear long pants and use bug spray to ward off fleas. And then same thing for for your pets if you're, like, going out into the woods or something with your... With your dog you know make sure that they're being treated for fleas but I guess I would also say check if this is an issue in your area I found some specific guidelines for LA County or for Idaho for example but overall as cute as ground squirrels look you should I guess avoid touching them or feeding them which is also (laughs) just good
0: advice for animals like wild animals in general and just admire
1: them from afar
0: yeah I mean, going back to the, like, camping or sleeping near Rodenborough's, mom, if you're listening, you should turn this off because it'll freak you out but, <laughs> to, like, remind her of this. But I guess my parents were camping, I, maybe it was a couple summers ago, and they said it was awful because they accidentally put their tent on... Well, must have been like a deer mouse burrow or something. And all night there were little like mice running under the tent and they could feel it through their sleeping bags. Oh, God. <laughs> and so my mom had to sleep in the car. But anyway, so oh. it's hard to avoid sometimes. So, yeah. I yeah. guess maybe look carefully for, for burrows. I mean, they didn't get your tent on plague, it. <laughs> so. No. I mean, that's just part of the issue. Like, that's just like nature also. You just
1: yeah, wash your hands.
0: Absolutely. I don't know. Luckily, it's not. I don't – I don't know. At least I haven't heard of it being very common where I live. I should put that asterisk. So not to cause people to panic. I was also looking at that because I was like, hmm, is this an issue in
1: Banff? And I couldn't really find any specific things, but it did say – I mean, ground squirrels can also carry other types of infections. So just – even if it's not the plague, you don't really want to, like, catch something from them or get bitten by them or something Usually, a good rule. Yeah. Wild
0: animals. Yeah. Rodent bites are awful. They are so awful.
1: Yeah. Another kind of dark fun fact that I read specifically about the Colombian ground squirrels in Banff is that they're sort of wreaking havoc on the cemetery there. Oh. So, yeah, they've been digging their tunnel networks. In the cemetery. And then, as the ground freezes and thaws, it's been causing the graves and headstones to sink. Oh my goodness. So, according to the naturalist Chris Fisher, who was interviewed for a CBC article Oh, yeah, Chris
0: Fisher is great. Very good scientist. Oh, there you go. Yeah.
1: Cemeteries are attractive to ground squirrels because they usually look for open areas with good cover and headstones look like natural boulders, which is where ground squirrels (laughs) like to dig near. So it's kind of this perfect storm where it's, like, this really nice habitat for them, but, you know, not ideal for humans. So, yeah, they've actually been working to trap and relocate the ground squirrels in the old Banff Cemetery since 2018. They've also been doing some other prevention strategies, like, kind of trying to block block the ground squirrels' view of the burrows. Oh. Um, so that they kind of don't know that they're there anymore or something. But yeah it's also hard for them because they they have such a short season to trap them and try to kind of intervene before the ground squirrels go underground again.
0: Huh wow well it's always fun to hear stories of how humans interact with animals because sometimes it's just a little wacky.
1: Yeah like and it's funny because that cemetery is right by the Banff Center where I was doing the residency so I walked by it all the time. Oh "Oh." (laughs) (laughs) there's yeah and there's like I think there's big fencing up all around it because I mean there's just so many wild animals there too like there's deer, there's Mm -hmm. elk, yeah, elk, yeah. I just thought that was an interesting story. That is a cool story. But yeah, that's the ground squirrel and more specifically the Colombian ground squirrel. I'm really glad I looked into them. They're they're really interesting and I just want to
0: emulate their restful lifestyle. I have a cool ground squirrel story. I also wanted to share. This is not about Colombian ground squirrels, though. This is actually about Arctic ground squirrels. So Arctic ground squirrels are just, they basically look like Colombian ground squirrels. They're not, you know, they're, yeah, just imagine a typical ground squirrel, but in the Arctic. (laughs) And something cool is when I was in the Yukon, I took a paleoecology class on Beringia, which is basically, so back when, during the Pleistocene, when like the late Pleistocene when most of Canada was covered in a giant glacier. There was this, the glacier had sort of sucked up all this water from the ocean. Not, that's a dumb way of saying it, but just imagine that. And because the ocean levels were lower, there was this land bridge. And that land bridge was right between like Russia and Alaska uh, today. And so you had like a really interesting ecosystem called Beringia there. And a lot of what we know about Beringia, which had all these cool animals like yeah, all these late Pleistocene things like crazy giant cats and all these like Arctic wolf type creatures, lots of caribou, just all that cool stuff. A lot of what we know about how that area looked, and in particular the mammoth steppe, which is a particular kind of habitat, is from Arctic ground squirrel dens. And so what's happened is that way back during the late Pleistocene, these little ground squirrels were grabbing grasses and plants and whatever they could get their little paws on and they were dragging it down into their burrows and you know they would maybe there'd be a flood or something and mud would fill the burrow and fossilize the burrow and the ground squirrel and all the plants in their burrow and now today you have paleontologists finding these burrows most commonly they're found during the type of mining where basically you they go to like a hillside and they just like power wash the hillside. So they'll do, this is called placer mining. And when you like power wash the side of the hill, it's actually pretty efficient at finding fossils, including these, these burrows. And what they've done is they've looked at the burrows and the types of plants that are in these burrows. And they can, and and I think in particular, They were finding like that the tundra there was, at least in interior Alaska, they were finding that the steppe was sort of this dry herbs, graminoid sort of grassy area. And it's really cool because they've also realized that like there were more plants than they initially thought were in this Beringia ecosystem during the late Pleistocene. And so, yeah, thanks ground squirrels for showing us (laughs) what our world looked like. All, all those years ago. And Arctic ground squirrels can still be found today up over near Beringia. That's so cool. Yeah. They're like little archivists of their time. Yeah, truly. It's really cool. Like you can even, I know there have been some studies on like fossilized pollen. And so you can also learn some things from fossilized pollen about how habitats looked back in the day. So I say the day as though it's like 100 years ago. Like we're talking like... (laughs) 30,000 years ago or so. Way back in the day. Way, way back in the day. Actually, maybe later than that. I I can't remember, but.
1: That's so cool. Thanks for sharing that story.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Sophia. And thanks everyone for listening. I I love hearing about mammals. It's so fun to talk about them. And if you want to support the show, you can join our Patreon to get exclusive rewards. And you can check out our Etsy shop to see the stickers and postcards we have for sale.
1: You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and
0: TikTok. Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye! Bye!